Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 220 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I am thrilled that you are here today. Today, we are talking to Rachel Lynn Solomon, and uh, she has a little tip that blew my mind and maybe might help me change the way I first draft because my first drafts are really, really bad. And she gives us a tip that might help with how we look at some of the scenes inside our books. Um, Plus, it was really fun to talk to her. She has a process very much like my own and her name is pretty great. So um, it was just a delight talking to her. You're going to enjoy that. What's been going on around here? Well, um, I'm feeling a little bit better. This is really my first day, maybe my second day up all day, sitting here at the desk, continuing to work. Um, I took a little tiny break, but I didn't need a big break. I'm still pretty tired, still working things out, still trying to get a good diagnosis, and I've still got multiple tests coming. But feeling grateful to be sitting here able to do my work. It feels really good. I wanted to mention that I'm reading a book called The Kindness Method. Uh, I love to read the self-help books. I just read um, The 12-Week Year, which I really enjoyed, which is kind of the way I already operate. But The 12-Week Year really made me think, how can I do more? More? How can I do more? How can I do more faster? And The Kindness Method says, what the hell? (laughs) Why don't you treat yourself well with the kindness and compassion that you deserve? And I'm really, really loving it. The whole reason I started You're Already Ready, I started that podcast, I'm writing the book slowly. One of the... (sighs) the reasons that I started that. And one of the reasons why I do this podcast um, and why I do all the things I do, like the teaching and all of that, is because there isn't enough encouragement out here in writing Landia. We do beat ourselves up too much. And I know that because I am an expert at beating myself up. It is, um, I could be a pro. I am a pro. I'm actually professional at beating myself up. And it's just kind of obscene when I think about the the stuff that I have said to myself in my own head while being very sick, while going through a lockdown for almost a year now, while rough things are happening. And I still tell myself, why aren't you getting more done? How can you possibly not be living up to your expectations. And if you do live up to your expectations, why can't you make them higher? And I am just putting a stop to it. I am so good. I really know this is something I'm good at. I'm so good at helping other people stop that in their own creative life, or at least allowing them the space to remember that they are important and that they are already worthy and that they're already doing a great job actually trying to remember that for myself and do it for myself is something I am making into part of my job now. Part of my job is being kind to myself and having realistic goals and being gentle and loving with myself around my work. 
I'm pretty good already at being loving to myself in terms of my personality and even my body, um, which is a challenge for a lot of people. I've been working on that for a long time, but what I have not been able to work on or have chosen not to work on for many years is being kind to myself in terms of the work arena and this productivity model that honestly capitalism gives us, right? Uh, What are you worth if you're not producing? And I had a month where I wasn't producing and it really shook me up. So the kindness method is pretty wonderful. Really enjoying that book. So if you are a person who needs that kind of break, I would recommend picking it up. There's a lot of exercises in it, and I'm actually doing them. So that's good. I've also gone back to journaling daily because that gives me so much. It's so silly when I don't journal. Like the revelations that I have on a daily basis are enormous just because I sit down and think. Uh, In terms of Clifton strengths, which you know I love, yay, Becca Syme, uh, I am input and intellection. I have to be thinking about things. And it is easy not to think about things. It's easy to go from task to task to task without asking yourself the big questions of why am I doing this task? Why am I doing it this way? Why am I treating myself this way? So journaling is a, is not something right now for me that is optional. It is um, almost imperative to my soul to be, I know that sounds silly, but to be journaling, to be willing to be present with how I'm feeling and looking at that on the page has been awesome in a non-driven way, in a non, you must do this, you must get X number of pages by 9.30 in the morning, uh, just in a in a really beautiful way. I make myself a cup of coffee and I sit down with my journal and it has been great. So if you have forgotten to be kind and gentle to yourself, if you have gotten yourself into a place where your productivity or the speed of your productivity is getting you down, take a deep breath. You are just fine. You are doing great where you are. You can always change things to make them feel better, to hit your goals. That's important. However, being kind to yourself, I think is more important, honestly. So that's what I've been thinking about this week. Um, let's see. I want to thank Mandy Stevens for supporting me on Patreon. Thank you, Mandy. Mandy and I have been friends for a long time, and it really means a lot to me that you support me there. Uh, it really means a lot to me from all of my patrons. Thank you so much, always, always, for helping me do this job. I'm about to write my next Patreon essay, and that'll go out this week, and it's gonna be a good one. I'm really excited. I've I'm. I've been writing it for a little while now and uh, can't wait to send it. So if you ever want to learn more about those, you can always go to patreon.com slash Rachel. Otherwise, let's jump into the interview with Rachel Lynn Solomon. You're going to love it. Okay, my friends, happy writing. This episode is brought to you by my book, Fast Draft Your Memoir, Write Your Life Story in 45 Hours, which is, by the way, totally doable when I tell you how. It's the same class I teach in the Continuing Studies program at Stanford each year, and I'll let you in on a secret. Even if you have no interest in writing a memoir yet, the book has everything I've ever learned about the process of writing, and of revision, and of story structure, and of just doing this thing that's so hard and yet all we want to do. Pick it up today. 
All right. Well, I could not be more pleased to welcome to the show today, Rachel Lynn Solomon. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. It's <laughs> nice to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I always enjoy talking to another Rachel. It's fun to say. It's weird to say the name. Do you ever feel, and this is a very strange question to ask, but don't you feel that Rachel's a very good name? And like Rachel's who inhabit Rachel's are <laughs> awesome people. It's rare to meet a bad one. I've not met like a complete dud, I don't think. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, Let me give you a little introduction here. Rachel Lynn Solomon writes, tap dances, and collects red lipstick in Seattle, Washington. She is the author of the YA novels, Today, Tonight, Tomorrow, You'll Miss Me When I'm Gone, Our Year of Maybe, and We Can't keep meeting like this. She will also tell anyone who listens that it really doesn't rain that much in Seattle where she lives with her husband and tiny dog. And so welcome to the show. Um, Your new book, and I've just, it's just gone out of my head and it's not in your bio for some reason, the X, X talk, the X talk, (laughs) read it, loved it. Thank you. Such a unique premise. And as soon as, um, our mutual publicist sent me the thing. I'm like, no, 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 I have to read that book. So this particular show um, talks about your writing process. You are obviously prolific. Um, Are you a full-time writer? I am. As of two months ago, yes. (laughs) How does it feel? Good. Um, I thought that I would be doing less of it on my couch, but that is just the environment that we live in. Uh, You know, a I'm, I had a side hustle for the past couple years. And then before that I was working full time. So I've been kind of transitioning into it, but I did not think I'd be able to do it this soon. So I feel very, very fortunate that I have um, a lot of books cooking right now. I ha- I have been, I'm almost up to my five year anniversary and I, of being full time oh, of having left the day job and it still feels completely unreal. And I remember being at the two month mark and thinking, all right, I'm going to be living under a bridge soon. Um, <laughs> and it's still not happening. So I'm so glad about that. So on this show, we talk about writing process and, and how you do what you do. And especially during the you know lockdowns, I'm really interested to find out how do you get it done? Um, first of all, where did you get it done? Cause you weren't expecting to be on the couch so much and how is it going now that you're in your house? Yes. So, um, most of my writing in the past has been done at a coffee shop, um, near my apartment in Seattle and they are known for their homemade truffles. So oh, wow. my, <laughs> my, my husband would always say when I get home that I smell like chocolate. So it's, <laughs> I miss That's it delightful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I would, uh, it was a, also a really great motivator because I would get a truffle and put it on the edge of my desk. And when I hit um, or edge of the table and when I hit like a word count goal, then, then I would get to have it. That's brilliant. I can't you know, believe there's I've not never... as much self-control at home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And if you've got a box of truffles and I would probably eat the whole thing watching Netflix. So how has it been to shift into working at home? Uh, it's definitely been a challenge. Um, you know, I try to split up my days. So I'm doing half in an office, uh, and then half on the couch. Um, but it's also just, there are so many distractions, you know, the dishes have to be put away. Laundry has to be put away. Dog has to go out and it's focus is really tough. So I've been relying on some like productivity hacks a little more than usual. Tell us a little bit more about that. We love, love we love a hack. 
Uh, you know, I don't know if it's so much of a, of a hack as it is just a method, but I am a full believer and devout worshiper of the Pomodoro method. Yes. Do you use the 25-5 or do you change the time at all? I change it up. Sometimes I do 25, sometimes I do 35. Um, but so I do focused work for 20 to 30 minutes and then a five minute break. Um, and it is just kind of changed my, my writing process because you don't notice until you start thinking about it, how often you just pick up your phone and mindly yeah. scroll through it. And then, you know, 20 minutes has gone by and right. what have you done? Um, and same with the internet. So I try to, when I'm on deadline drafting or revising, I will block the in, block social media, but I actually have to now put my phone in another room. Like I can't physically have it near me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's an addiction really. The, I, would, it up I, and just, I, I don't know if you've heard of this new newish book called indistractable. Um, but he actually showed that being able to see, having your phone in your line of sight, Alexa, stop, sorry, Um, (laughs) real life, um, actually does require a certain amount of brain processing just to Mm -hmm. keep yourself from reaching for it. So yeah. Yep, absolutely. Because you're seeing it and part of your brain is wondering what's on it. Um, I also... This is something I did two years ago and it, I tell everyone to do it, like every author, because it helps so much, but I turn off push notifications on my phone yes. for everything except cal- calendar notifications. And I cannot imagine ever turning them back on because I hate my phone telling me that I have to look at something. I want to decide. <laughs> A s- same book said that only 15% of people turn off any push notifications. Wow. Yeah, 85% I- of people let all of those apps tell them things all the time. Oh, wow. For me, the book was How to Break Up with Your Phone, which I read a couple years ago. Ooh. And the sad thing is, I feel like any book like that is going to get outdated in, yeah. Yeah. in a short amount of time. So I've, I've got to pick up, I've got to pick up this one, but it really had me thinking about my relationship with my phone um, and how it's inf- affected my writing. <laughs> I Maybe I should turn on calendar notifications on my phone. That's one that I don't have. I just have um, texts, but even that is enough to really, really, yeah, mm-hmm. I also have to move my phone out of the way. Any other hacks that you have for getting your work done? Uh, those are the main ones. Oh, actually a, a tremendous one that I should have mentioned is just, um, I make trackers in a journal and I give myself stickers each time. And I usually try to theme the tracker to the project. So, um, that's a lot of fun and kind of exercises a different part of my creative brain. So is it in like a bullet journal kind of format mm-hmm. or is it, Oh, yes. that's lovely. Yes. I, I love bullet journals for productivity. Is there any way you would consider sharing a, a photo of that with me that I could put at how do you write.net? Yeah. I Maybe actually one have of your few, old books. Um, I have a few on my Instagram right now. If you, I'll uh, just, I'll just grab one from there if you don't mind and I'll screenshot it. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. There's one, if you scroll down, not too far, there's one of an umbrella that, um, I think is a good visual. I am passionate about um, doing my bullet journal very badly, but that's fine. It's just, it just has to be near me somewhere. That's wonderful. (laughs) Uh, Just one more question about writing in the office versus writing on the couch. Are there, is it different types of writing that you're doing in each place? Are you like revising in one place and writing first draft in another or? Yeah, I try to do admin at my 
this is really bad, but like, I'm not as productive at my desk as I am on the couch because I think there's better lighting in the living room where the couch is and light is a huge factor for me. Interesting. Yeah. And like, I have to have natural light to be, to feel productive. Um, which is another reason I miss my coffee shop because it was on the edge of a lake and it was just, I know it's so nice. I hope, (laughs) I hope they're still there at the end of the year. Um, But uh, yeah, natural light is huge for productivity. Um, Any, the majority of like my good work gets done on the couch. (laughs) I have just recently discovered my couch for writing because I've been, uh, I've been ill and I had no idea couches were so good to write on. I had no clue. So I, I love that. What is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Uh, For me, a lot of times it is my own self-doubt. And not even so much self-doubt in the industry, although that plays a role. But every time I open a Word document and start a new project, I'm wondering, can I actually write another book? Yeah. Um, Because it just, when you have that blank page feeling, thinking it's going to become this 350-page thing feels massive. Um, So my first drafting process is I just write the complete, the messiest draft you've ever seen. Like it is incoherent. Yes. I love Um, that. That's my method too. I actually have bits of that on my Instagram as well. I have um, like a page of a messy draft and a page in a version I turned in. Um, And it just has blanks everywhere. It has like, you know, add description. It, they're not coherent. Like I would never send them to someone. Yeah. Uh, but I have to get that out as fast as I can. And I am working off an outline. So there is some chronology and like some method to the madness there. But I have to get that out as fast as I can because I have to prove to myself that I can write a book. Yeah. That's in in some part of my my, my, my obsessive brain. Like I have to get that out quickly. And if I don't, then I won't have a book. So What a good way to say that, that you have to prove it to yourself because otherwise the imposter syndrome just steps in and takes over. Right. And it's, sometimes it's a bit unhealthy because I will write 300 pages in three weeks and then, you know, my hands are, you know, not happy with me and my back is not happy with me. Um, So I, I mean, I have to take a break between drafts, but I'm trying to like extend that process a little bit so I don't get to, so I don't get burned out with a project too soon. Um, but sometimes like the, I, it's just going so quickly and you like need to catch up with it. So that, that's a great feeling to have. The recovery is not so great. Um, but yeah, like I always feel as long as I can get a book shaped thing, I can revise it and make it better. Even if the trash draft is just a nightmare. I have a goal to finish this first draft of this book I'm working on um, by the 31st, which is three days from now. And I'm going to have to skeleton my way there. I'm still at least 15 scenes away from the end and I can't write them all, but I will write a crappy, the most craptastic skeleton to the end because I am like you, I need that shape. Mm -hmm. What is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Uh, I mean, I love revising. I love going in and Rachel's for the win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I love going in and making things sound better, making things beautiful. Um, and I really love figuring out my character's voice as I do this. Like my mm-hmm. first drafts don't have any voice really. It's mm-hmm. like you said, a skeleton draft. Um, so I love discovering things as I'm going back through. 
and then, I mean, just on the author side, I love connecting with readers. I love hearing from readers and um, it still feels surreal every time I see a photo with my book or receive a message. And especially this week with a book, the, the book having just come out, it's been exciting. Might I say, I have seen the excellent cover in a, a bunch of places when I'm on Instagram, it just keeps coming up. So, um, they're, they're doing a good job of getting it out there and everyone is loving it. Oh, so thank you. I'm so grateful. That's so exciting. Can you share, I know you've already sent, shared a, a couple great tips, but can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? Yes. So my favorite tip, and I am not sure where I found it, um, or who told it to me, but someone once said that anything that happens slowly in real life should be sped up in fiction Ooh. and anything that happens quickly should be slowed down. That is so brilliant. Think, isn't it? So if you think like a long car ride or like road trip, unless it's like a road trip book, but if you're taking a trip somewhere, you're not going to document every minute of the flight or the car ride. But a first kiss when writing romance, you are going to want to slow that down and give them at least like a solid couple pages of, of kissing action. Yes. Even though that's like a split second. That you've just blown my mind. And I hear a lot of tips on the show <laughs> and that one I have never heard and be I'm going to attribute it to you for the rest of my life. Oh, well, so. thank you. I really, I, I really wish I knew where I heard it. It was a long time ago. So, yeah. oh, it's so good. Thank you so, so much. I'm going to of write course, that down. Of course. I love it. Yeah. Um, what thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way? Uh, I think it's that lately I've been trying to do more artistic things aside from writing and really trying to develop other hobbies. Like what? Um, uh, so I drew and painted a lot as a kid. And lately I've been trying to teach myself um, brush lettering. Ooh, fun. Yeah. And that's, that's really fun. It's just, again, like a totally different part of the brain. So uh, the bullet journaling is great, but that also does have a direct impact on writing. So it does help. Yeah. That, that definitely does help, especially with productivity and trackers. Um, but I am also a dancer, although sadly not right now. Uh. Um but I tap dance and that is a great way to just get my brain doing something else. And sometimes I'll even just be like puzzling a plot tangle out <laughs> while doing it. Um, and just those, it's, it's kind of a rough transition and it wasn't one I was expecting, but when your hobby becomes your job, yeah. you need new hobbies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you, how do you solve that urge for dance though right now? Do you do any uh, motion inside the house that is dance-like or? A little bit. I have a small apartment and we're on the third floor. So I, oh. I yeah, so it's a little tough. Um, I mean, I walk my dog and that's something, but yeah, it's been tough. So I'm very eager to get back into the studio, hopefully by the end of the year. Oh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay. So what is the best book you've read recently and why did you love it? So I really loved um, How to Fail at Flirting by Denise Ooh. Williams. I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah. So it is about a type A professor who makes a to-do list of things to get herself out of her comfort zone because she realizes she's just kind of living this sheltered, hermity life. Um, and she ends up falling for a guy who is a consultant um, charged with figuring out which departments to consolidate at her university. Uh, and it is 
the characters are wonderful. The banter is great. It really leans into like the cheesy jokes and pickup lines because she's like figuring out how to, you know, flirt and like how to um, have, well, of course, you know, she thinks it's just a casual relationship, but we all know it's not. Um, the characters were so endearing and um, I love, I loved every, every bit of it. Oh, it's flying to the top of my TBR pile. You had me at um, type A professor. I am a <laughs> sucker for any book set in academia. Like It's great. Oh, thank and you so much. The, the author is a professor, so all of that feels very authentic. That's awesome. Okay, thank you. Speaking of wonderful books that people should put at the top of their TBR pile, can you please tell us a little bit about your new book? Absolutely. So the X talk is <laughs> so good. Thank you. The X Talk is a romantic comedy set in the world of public radio, and it is about two um, employees who have been at odds with each with each other for a while, um, and they are forced to pose as exes to host a new show about dating and relationships in order to save their station. I have been dying to ask you this: How did you come up with this idea? I know, and I never ask I never ask writers this, but but I'm curious about this one. So this one grew out of actually a, um, I was on another interview earlier today and they said, how did you know that this was the right idea? And I said, because I came up with the wrong idea first. And I think that's really kind of a crucial thing with this story. Tell us about Um, that. Yeah. So I actually pitched a completely different public radio book to my agent first. And it was about two producers who were trying to, um, win a national slot for a show and they were like producing competing shows and it was like whichever show was better got picked up nationally and I think it was just too much radio like it didn't have an entry point for someone who wasn't a radio listener yeah um like if you're not a radio fan I don't think that's appealing that's true I'm a huge NPR fan (laughs) so I, I like I like that one too yeah yeah um and then I was brainstorming with a friend and um this one just kind of came up organically, the idea of exes hosting a radio show. And then what if the spin on that is that they were never actually exes and it throws all these like journalism ethics into the equation and, you know, them having to create this whole backstory for themselves. And the first scene I thought of was their boss telling them, and this doesn't happen until halfway into the book, but they get a listener call that throws their past relationship into question and their boss sends them away for a weekend to an Airbnb in an, on an Island in the Northwest. And he's like, I want you guys to come back and know everything about each other so that no one doubts that you were ever exes. And I was just like, well, that's those scenes on the Island are going to be an absolute blast to write. So I need to get there. And a lot of my writing was, was trying to get to that point. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. Thank you so much. It also just like, number one, I loved your writing, but number two, it also really assuaged this urge, urge that I have had because now that we're in lockdown, I barely listen to public radio. Like it was always Mm -hmm. what I did in the car and I don't have any car time anymore. And it like ticked all these boxes and the chemistry between them is so fun. So, okay. So tell us where listeners can find you out. Um, the social media internet. I am at R L Y N N underscore Solomon, um, all O's at, on Twitter and Instagram and rachelsolomonbooks.com. Thank you so much for writing this book. And thank you so much for being on the show. It has been really fun to talk to another Rachel who has a very similar process. This has been an absolute oh. blast, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Take care. 
You too. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.